you're listening to the Taming Crazy podcast with Alicia, Deb, and Sue, where each week we'll share our views from the middle. We're talking the ups, the downs, and everything in between of being a midlife woman in today's world. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Taming Crazy podcast. I'm Alicia, and I'm here with Deb and Sue. Hello, girls. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. That's good, I guess. <laughs> That's a good start, I should say, right? Yeah. One thing we forgot to mention uh, the last time we were on here is that we're changing the frequency of our podcast. So instead of recording every week, we're going to be doing it every two weeks. This will give us a little bit more breathing room because believe it or not, there's a lot of work that goes into producing a podcast, even this one. Huh? <laughs> and we're busy women and we've all got stuff on the go. So hopefully every two weeks and we'll be able to put that out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's safe to say that the whole world is on edge right now with what is happening in Ukraine. I don't know about you, but I've always found it difficult to separate myself from learning all I can about what is happening and then stepping back and giving myself some space. I think I'm not the only one that does that. So tonight we thought we'd discuss a little bit about anxiety that many of us are feeling right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you feel about that, Sue, but are you doing the same thing? Are you trying to ingest as much information as you can? Or are you managing to give yourself some space? Yeah, it, it's kind of a, a weird one. I have a, a lot of friends who have Ukrainian parents or who were born in, in Ukraine. And so, you know, hearing from them, their anxiety and their fears, and, and kind of what they want to do to help and kind of seeing how other people are doing things to help and kind of feeling a bit lost and and not really knowing what to do and being very aware that you know Ukraine isn't the only place that is is really really troubled at the moment Mm -hmm. and it's just like all of these things are constantly swirling around and I know at the moment social media is not a particularly nice place to be. It's kind of really hard because I want information. I want to learn. I want to know how people are getting on and then how things are going. But at the same time, it, it's overwhelming. And I know that's coming from an incredibly privileged perspective that, you know, I, I, I can switch off, but it, it's still, it, it's constantly there. And there's, there's, you know, just so much anyway, like going on, you know, it's, Life's a, a whirlwind at the moment, I think, for everybody. Absolutely. How about you, Deb? How are you, how are you um, dealing with this? Is it making you a little bit more anxious than you normally would be? Yeah. You know, I think that for myself, I can only watch, you know, it on the news and I can only watch it in little bits. You know, I do have that ability, as we've talked before, to just shut everything off. But... Yeah. I find this is very hard, you know, seeing so much emotion going on around the world with, you know, all the, the kids, the families, the separations. I think that's, that's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. So I'm only able to, to um, read or watch the news in just very small amounts. Uh, and I can't through the day, you know, it, it just, because once something, if I see children on there, 
that it's affected that just sets in my brain for the day so yeah I I have to be very um I have to be in the right headspace at that time to allow myself to watch something but it's just heartbreaking it is. I know for me that I can really get very anxious about something. But what I've learned to do now is I have to channel that feeling into my behavior. So I have mm-hmm. to take some action. A very good friend of ours that we have known for, I've known him for 26 years, and he's a dentist and he is of Ukrainian heritage. We are working on a fundraiser so that, um, and it's hashtag dentists for Ukraine. And we're trying to raise money for the Red Cross. And I found that that has really, it's a way to channel my emotions into doing something good. And I do feel good about that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's only something very small, but it feels good to at least do something. Yeah. It's a horrible feeling to be so far away and feel helpless mm-hmm. because, you know, that could be any of us, right? Yes. So. Yeah. So we thought tonight we'd talk a little bit about anxiety. We have talked about it many times in past episodes. We were watching the television the other day, an advert came on about uh, buying extended health coverage. And I don't remember what company it was, but what stuck out to me was the type of coverage that it was listing. And we're used to seeing coverage for things like dental and optometry and chiropractic massage, things like that. The very top of the list, the very first thing they listed was that it covered anti-anxiety medication. Mm -hmm. Usually it will say it covers prescriptions, but this one specifically said anti-anxiety medication. And I've never seen that before. No. And I mentioned it to my son who was sitting in the living room with me. And he said, well, mom, everybody's anxious these days. And I thought, well, that's probably not far from the truth, is it? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, with everything that's happening in the world, whether it's personally or globally, I think we're all kind of in this, What what's happened in the past year or two years has really put this more on edge now than ever before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it's important to make the point that worrying is different from anxiety. And you know, sort of to to have a little bit of that in your life is kind of normal. Like we have these things that, that make us more worried than usual, more, you know, and, and we feel anxiety and that's kind of like really physical as well as the mental symptoms as well. But I, I think anxiety, like anxiety and worry are very, very closely related but they're not the same thing. Like anxiety is what kicks in when the worry's going on too long and you're not managing those worries and the symptoms are becoming more severe. It is interesting to hear people say, I'm really anxious, when perhaps they mean that they're worried, like that the two have become sort of interchangeable Mm -hmm. when they're not really. But I think, yeah, it probably is way more widespread than than ever before because there is so much going on. And I think, you know, we've had what is it, two years, three years, five years, 10 years? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it did kind of like we, we've been in such a, a high stress situation with COVID. And, you know, it's just been one thing after another, after another, after another. I think people are more speaking more openly now about feeling anxious. And it, it is 
taken more seriously perhaps than it was in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right about, you know, the difference between worry and anxiety. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but the difference for me, worry to me, I I think of it as, okay, am I concerned or am I worried? Because Mm -hmm. that worry will turn into anxiety quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can be concerned about something and say, okay, I can look at that as what can I do about it? If I look at it as worry and the thoughts won't shut off, and then that creates that feeling in my stomach that just won't go away, you know, that Mm -hmm. gnawing feeling, and then that just gets worse and worse and worse. And I think you're right. I I do think people don't understand the difference a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it won't surprise you that I did do some reading about this. (laughs) 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 Because... It, it does, I was going to say, it worries me. And it does worry me that, you know, think when words are not used properly. And, you know, mm-hmm. I am, complete disclaimer here, I'm not a psychologist. I'm I'm not clinically skilled or able in any way. But um, kind of looking at it, one of the things that comes across really clearly is that anxiety is something that happens when it's more than the situation that you're in requires. So whereas, you know, like you were saying, you know, sometimes you, you're just like, oh yeah, that that's a bit of a bother and you switch off, but it's more, you know, it keeps going and it's the magnitude of the way you feel about things is kind of way more significant than what it is you actually kind of started off being concerned mm-hmm. about. Oh, absolutely. It becomes more of a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, sort of when you look at signs and symptoms, you know, like get the shakes, you got your, your rapid heartbeat and fast breathing and tense muscles and sweaty palms. And you can't s- switch off those worries and everything. If you've ever suffered from anxiety, it is such a horrible feeling. And one of the things for me, when when I know that I'm really worried and it's moving to anxiety, is I feel like there's something stuck in my throat. And as if I can't quite clear it, like it, it's it's just like there's a lump there, sort of. It's really weird. The anxiety goes away, and it feels better. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's really weird. And you know those physical sy- symptoms that manifest are, are really uncomfortable. And you know it it stops you sleeping, and and it just kind of keeps going and going and going until you get some help. Absolutely. And I think sometimes, as you said, it, it's the physical symptoms of anxiety that make it hard to function a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it is that gnawing feeling in the pit of my stomach. And, you know, the, your heart is beating so fast. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, quite often it's the headaches and everything else. I, I don't, I can manage it a lot better than I used to when I wasn't self-aware. I didn't have a clue what was happening. But now I can understand the difference between, okay, I'm concerned about this. So what can I do to alleviate it? How can I solve that problem? And then that becomes an action, you know? So when I move towards doing something about it, I'm much better. But when I allow the anxiety to take over, that can just ruin my whole day. Mm -hmm. It just takes over everything. We're using the word anxiety, but we're, you know, it doesn't have to be 
diagnosed anxiety. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, you know, if, if you are worrying more than than usual or you're feeling on edge. And I think a lot of people that are feeling that way, there's one thing that they have in common, and I think that's overthinking. We tend to overthink everything. It's that worrying about things, overthinking things. And I think that was my downfall for many years, worrying about every little thing, whether it be real or just a figment of my imagination, which quite often it was. Mm-hmm. And it still is to some degree. Mm-hmm. It just kind of gets me thinking as well. It's like, what can we control ourselves and what is out of our scope of control? Because, you know, we can, there's only, well, there's quite a lot we can do really. But, you know, there are some things and you just have to accept it is out of our hands. Someone else is dealing with that. Or you've just got to let it play out. And that's really hard because, you know, I think we all like to have some level of control over what's happening. Mm -hmm. I do. And I only became aware of that as I got older. (laughs) Exactly. And if you do suffer with anxiety, we are quite often control freaks. Mm -hmm. And overthinkers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If we can control a situation, then that alleviates some of the anxiety. Mm-hmm. 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 I was reading, they just did a study from the University of Michigan, and they found that 73% of adults between the ages of 25 and 35 are major overthinkers, and 52% of the 45 to 55-year-olds are overthinkers. Wow. Hmm. Even up by conservative estimates, that's like 50% of the population that overthink. Mm -hmm. And I do think we're getting worse and worse, Mm -hmm. unless more people are more open about it now. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe we've always been this way. It's just we're a lot more vocal about it. Like the three of us, we we share Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it was funny. I was chatting with a colleague today and we have both acknowledged that we are overthinkers. And so today we were kind of going through some things and it's like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And he stopped me and he said, Sue, I think we're overthinking this and we just need to send it out. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Because at some stage, one of us had to to say, let's just kind of move because I think we were like, some of you who are young won't remember this, but you know, like when a CD got stuck. Yes. Yeah. It, it kind of felt like we were kind of at that stage and it was like, no, give it a knock and it, it moved on. So it's that, uh, what do they call it? Analysis paralysis. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're analyzing and overthinking something so much that you actually paralyze yourself. And I think that's quite common, Sue. Yeah, but it's funny because... You know, as we're we're chatting, it makes me think, you know, we are taught and told how important it is to be a critical thinker, mm-hmm. which yeah. it is. But nobody tells you how and when you should stop critically thinking about things. <laughs> yes. It's like, you know, yeah, like a slap yeah. across the head, like enough now. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, you've critically thought about absolutely everything. Stop. And, and mm-hmm. like you know teachers educators do you want to give people a hand with that please because you know I could do with that class yes (laughs) yeah it was funny you know I was reading a lot about overthinking because 
as I've said many times, I can overthink like everything, which is why it took me all day yesterday to create that fundraiser thing where it probably would have taken somebody else like two hours, but because you always think it's not good enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was reading some things about how overthinking can change things. And one of the things it affects is our intuition. And I thought that was very interesting because I hadn't thought about it that way before. So what happens is we overthink something and it overrides our gut gut instinct quite often. Mm. I think we've all been in certain situations when we should have gone with our gut feeling or our intuition, but we've talked ourselves out of it and overthought it. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's especially true for women. Yes. Mm-hmm. Overthinking quite often affects the decisions yeah. that we make. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've never been that decisive about most things. I'm quite happy to let other people make decisions for me. <laughs> It's it's that adulting thing that's so hard. Like, yeah, somebody could tell you what to do, when to do it. Yeah, it's like sometimes I just need to turn my brain off a little bit. It's kind of hard to do that. And so, like, you know, airports are really good places to kind of sit and overthink about things. Mm-hmm. Especially during COVID, they are as well. <laughs> because you're usually there for hours. Yeah. So, you know, it was around Christmas time and I was at the airport and I was like, oh, geez, you know, what am I going to do? So I went and I looked at the magazines. and I was like, you know, no, there's nothing there. That That's just going to whatever. And as I was there, I found Timothy Caulfield's book, Relax, Damn It, A User's Guide to the Age of Anxiety. <laughs> okay, yes, I have seen that. I haven't read it, but I saw the posts about it. Highly, highly recommend it. Really? Like, yeah, it, it's it's not a cure for anxiety in any way. But it does kind of sort of have you thinking, huh, okay, maybe I don't need to be uh, overthinking about that and worrying about that. And there's no truth to it anyway. Because, you know, like he says in the book, as you go through your day, you are making multiple decisions. And like sometimes you don't need to overthink them. It's like, no. you know, just get on with it a little bit. See, I think Deb does that. Yeah, because right now I'm thinking, gosh, you guys' brains are on fire. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my god! Do you want five minutes in there, Deb? It would, it would amaze <gasps> you. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, it's so hard for me to understand that. It's like the, you know, the turtle and the hare. <laughs> And I'm just a turtle plodding along. And, you know, you guys are on fire. I know. It would be amazing if you could switch it on and off at will. I can if I really pay attention and, and, you know, do some mindfulness work. But it takes a lot of practice. Uh But if I'm just normally in the daytime, I'd be like, you know what? You know what? You know what? Like I drive my husband incredibly well, that's probably why he took over my office and he he closes the door because yeah. then he works in silence while I'm out in the living room walking around and talking to myself. And hmm, yeah, he's, he's probably on to something. <laughs> Another thing that overthinking does, it affects our creativity. There were a few studies on how anxiety and overthinking can affect creativity. And I can definitely say that is the same for me because I grew up being a very creative kid 
But as I got into my teens and adulthood and my anxiety started to get the better of me, I allowed it to take over and I was not creative at all. Mm -hmm. But now that I've learned to kind of quiet my mind, I'm finding myself being a little more creative. You know, right now it's Mm -hmm. painting. It might be something else next month. Who knows? But I find that if I can shut off my brain, I'm a lot more creative. Mm -hmm. And I mean, with things that don't require a lot of thought, you know, if you just do it instead of thinking about it, that kind of creativity, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think even if I went to a painting class and they said paint this, that would be difficult for me because I'd overthink that. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you got to sit down and just free creativity. It's amazing what comes out. But sometimes that can be really overwhelming as well (laughs) see I can't I can't help it like that that's not you know if you think about it it's like stop thinking about it you don't need to think about it just do it but I remember going to one of those pottery places and you know sort of it was like well you could do this 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 and it was like geez well I, I don't know where to start what would I pick and then you know once you've decided what it is you're gonna paint You've got to decide how you're going to paint it. And it's like, oh, well, what if I don't like it? (laughs) Yes. That reminds me, Sue, I went to a pottery class once and I was looking around at all the like people creating things that looked really nice. And I did something and I never went and picked it up because I hated mine so much. Yeah, it's it's really hard. But I have found fairly recently, because I think this could become my new obsession, and it's been a while since I had an obsession, so, you know, fair enough. Is rug hooking. Rug hooking. Yeah. Mm. Yes, it's rug hooking. So what I've figured out is because to do the designs, although I have kind of things that I would like to do in my head, I'm not quite there with being able to put them in on paper. So I've decided what I can do is get my husband to design them for me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yes and then right. draw them up and then it's kind of one less thing for me to to kind of be thinking about and like that way I kind of get the benefits of being creative without having to do the overthinking mm-hmm. see it's kind of hands and brain and but I can still talk while I'm doing it so I don't have time to <laughs> I can't yes. overthink as well at the same time it's great <laughs> and if it doesn't turn out you can blame your husband yeah it's a win-win Sue yeah and if I don't like it I just rip it out (laughs) (laughs) exactly and that's how I've been looking at my painting I've got these these three books that I have that I'm painting in so that if I don't like them it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. because I can rip them out yeah maybe that's what we need is that way out at the end of it because we're not committing fully a hundred percent Yeah. And I wonder, Deb, is that kind of what you do? Like, because you can compartmentalise things, have we just found a more external way to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you both have just overwhelmed me. (laughs) 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 To be completely honest, I'm like, holy moly. (laughs) Yes. I I can disconnect from anything, anybody. I just, and I... I'm not saying it's a good thing. I don't know. I am just, my brain is just very different from you guys. 
<laughs> and I don't know how to explain it, like to what's normal for me, you know, Sue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like, I, I can't even work out without overthinking it. Like doing yoga for me is really hard. Oh boy. Yes, yeah, and to me that's so hard to understand, you know? So whereas I I'm just in the moment because I know that's this is my time. Mind you, every time every hour of the of the day is my I, I don't know. I, I do have this disconnection that I can disconnect from anything going on. I can just shut it all down. And that's just how I cope with things. And like I said earlier, I it's probably not a good thing. Um, but it's just what I've done, you know. Mm-hmm. I should probably see a therapist. <laughs> it's a coping mechanism. It it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I've just never dealt with it. But you see, you could be like us, Whoa. and you're never hundred percent sure whether you've dealt with it. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. And it, it is. is so fascinating that yeah. as sisters, you are so different. And I'm wondering if I was sitting having a conversation with my sister, whether we would be the same or whether she possibly would overthink things even more than I do. Yeah, it is fascinating because we all have our own coping mechanisms. And Mm -hmm. yeah, but it's exhausting, to be honest. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine (laughs) (laughs) how exhausting. Just just hearing about it is exhausting. So having it go on in your head. And, and I think I, yes, I worry, like you guys had said before, there's worry and concern. And of course, I worry about things. But, you know, I don't have all those other physical conditions like you have when you do have anxiety. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to understand it. But I, I do understand it happens. And it's not nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, yeah. it's not a nice thing to suffer from. No. And that's the thing. It's exhausting. And it's it's very unproductive most of the time, you know, mm-hmm. and you're tired without physically doing anything. And I've learned that if my brain is too wired and I'm having trouble turning it off, it doesn't happen as much anymore because I know when I'm going through anxiety and what to do. But at times when, you know, life throws a curveball or whatever it is, I do recognize that if I don't get up and channel that mental energy into something physical, mm-hmm. I can spend the whole day without moving. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be exhausted by the end of it mm-hmm. yeah you know even if that's going out and weeding the garden or going for a walk or whatever it is mm-hmm. I, I need to be self-aware though yeah it's quite often it's that self-awareness that makes us move out of the anxiety mm-hmm. but if you let it take over it's very exhausting then it affects your sleep as well mm-hmm. right yeah and mm-hmm. I can't remember which of the many mindfulness apps I was using. But one of them pointed out that, you know, like brains like to be doing something. So when you can't sleep and you're overthinking and you're going through, I particularly like to relive conversations that I had 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) At three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, like, why did you say something that stupid? You know, because you do. Yeah. So one of the things that is very helpful for me is counting back from 999 because it's keeping my brain occupied and it's focusing my brain on something other than overthinking. 
Hmm. Well, and that's the thing is focusing your brain. So you bring up a good point because without focusing on something, your brain's all willy nilly, like, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's just all over the place. But if you can focus it into something, I found this summer, what I was doing is I was worrying about something and I popped in some earbuds and I was listening to a podcast. Now, if I start thinking about things while I'm listening to it, I miss all of it. Mm-hmm. So I know that if I want to listen to a really good crime podcast, those are really good to listen to. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to something intently, you're not thinking. Mm-hmm. You can't think and listen at the same time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a, an excellent point, because one of the things that I have a, a very bad habit of doing is I very rarely will watch a TV show without being on my phone. And mm-hmm. so I I've only ever got a vague idea of what's going on or what's happening because I'm concentrating on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or my emails or something. And so I'm never really giving attention. Like, I mean, not that it needs to know whether I'm giving it attention or not. You know, I, I just miss so much. So, you know, there are times when it's a struggle to actually have somebody will say to me oh did you see such and such thing and I'm like oh yeah 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 sorry and they'll say something and I'm like I don't remember that it's like I was never there it was like I never watched it whereas before Mm -hmm. I would sit and I would watch a movie and I didn't like anybody to talk to me or or anything like that because I wanted to concentrate and Mm -hmm. you know that's something that's gone by the by and I think you know social media does kind of it kind of sucks you in and can have you getting anxious about things because it's just constantly feeding you information and not always good information and I don't mean good information as in positive stuff but you know it's churning out complete crap and misinformation and giving you more things to worry about or telling you that you should worry about things that you don't really need to be worrying about at all no exactly If I'm watching something on television that I really enjoy, I cannot look at my phone. Mm -hmm. And it's funny you said that because my husband knows I'm not interested in a show when I pick up my phone. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I've said before, once I'm watching something, I'm in it. I'm acting it. I'm mouthing Mm -hmm. the words like I'm in there. She is. She's a character. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Enough of that, Deb. Thank you. Oh, tell a story. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. Like, I do focus on the movie and I Mm -hmm. really enjoy it. I said to you, Sue, before, where, you know, where people were tweeting about what they were watching, I would not be able to do that. Mm -hmm. It would take me eight hours to watch the show because I'd have to go back and see what I missed. Mm -hmm. It's true. When you're watching something and you're on your phone, where is your brain? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there is so much information around and, you know, we don't need to be trying to absorb it all. No, I actually was watching the news before we came on here and I'd been watching it quite a bit. And I was I realized I was taking a lot in and I was feeling a little bit down. So I went to Netflix and I quickly watched a comedy for 15 minutes just to change my mindset. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I need to do that more often. If I find myself, you know, getting a bit low, it's not that I don't care what is happening in the world. It's just that I have to step back a little bit. Uh Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, my eldest son has a Disney Plus and very kindly shared 
it with me. So last night I was watching Piglet's Big Adventure. Oh, <laughs> Piglet. Because I love yeah. Piglet. And, yeah. and I did fall asleep quite quickly watching Piglet because my little mind was relaxed. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do think we need to do that more often. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you can't fall asleep on social media or watching the news or yeah it's almost self-preservation to kind of shut it off just for a moment and Mm -hmm. give your brain a bit of a rest yeah Yeah. because you know when we're overthinking we can stress ourselves out really easy because our body's producing cortisol the stress hormone Mm -hmm. and that release of cortisol over a prolonged period of time can make us feel depleted Mm -hmm. which you know explains that feeling of exhaustion that we feel all the time yeah you know, that's why we're not sleeping very well quite often. And, mm-hmm. you know, when your brain is active and it's in that state of arousal, it makes it almost impossible to get to the state of sleep that we kind of need. And then we wake up tired and, mm-hmm. you know, we start all over again. So it does have long lasting effects if we don't put a stop to it, really. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, let's have a, f- a look and see what is available in terms of information about anxiety that is high quality and will point people towards resources that they can use in the moment and there's loads yeah like which is really really good news there there is tons so there's anxiety canada and that is evidence-based anxiety relief and helps with cognitive behavioral therapy that you can do by yourself and kind of looking at you know what what it is you're concerned about and kind of turning thoughts around and then there's together all which is kind of a you know something you can go on and have conversations with folks there are numerous helplines red cross canada has some amazing psychological first aid resources camh um canadian addiction mental health they have great stuff like that there is tons of stuff available now and so if you are anxious or you feel like you're worrying excessively but you're not quite ready to go and see your healthcare provider go on one of these websites because there are things and it'll help you figure out what your next step needs to be and for a lot of people that is go and see your family doctor and do it because if you need help with your anxiety if you are not doing well please go and get the help you know we have our resources we know what we need to do we've we've kind of gone through it so we have our toolboxes but if you don't have your toolboxes yet start putting them together now and like your family doctor is a really really great place to start absolutely and we'll put those links in the show notes too excellent You know, we say many times we're not experts on these subjects, but I think hearing how other people, how they manage things can really help make you feel like you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's starting at there, right? It's starting with, you know, this is an issue that a lot of people have and doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It just means maybe you need some new tools to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as middle-aged women, one of the things that seems to come with middle age is you just kind of tell people stuff, whether they are looking for it or not. Yes. I thought you were <laughs> going to say one of the things that comes with middle aged women is wisdom. Well, obviously, <laughs> wisdom is, <laughs> is in there somewhere. I'm still waiting yes. for mine to arrive. But, um, you know, I think we are talking about this and 
we have our worries, our anxieties in. And talking with other people about it does make it, it, it puts things in perspective. Oh, it absolutely does. The one thing I will say is you do have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, the longer you go with trying to stuff it down or trying to to cope and not having the tools to cope with it, the worse it does get. And that's that's just me speaking. It got a lot worse for me than I ever imagined until I had to face it and deal with it. Once you do that, once you decide, okay, I don't want to live like this anymore, mm-hmm. there are ways to manage it. Yes. And there are lots of different ways. So as you said, CBT worked really well for me. Thoughts, emotions, actions, learning how to how your body reacts to certain emotions and, and what causes those emotions is what you're thinking and then changing the way you think. Like there's so many ways of doing it that mm-hmm. I can honestly say my life like changed so much for the better once mm-hmm. I started to face it. and learn how to deal with it now to manage it so I really strongly suggest that people find a way to cope the right way and a healthy way yes yeah Mm -hmm. Deb do you have anything to add to that I think no you guys are 100% bang on (laughs) of course we are Sue right (laughs) that was the wisdom kicked in there you go Oh my goodness. Sue, do you have anything to add tonight? There's a lot going on. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself the time that you need. It's one of those things we're we're not very good at, but if you need time, you you need to take it. So be kind to yourself and each other. Good. Let's leave it there then. I just want to add our thoughts with everybody in Ukraine. We stand with you. So stay safe, everybody. And until next time, bye for now. Bye. Bye. Before you go, we legally have to tell you that all the opinions and information we share on this podcast is based on our own personal experiences and should never be taken as professional advice. We may sometimes sound like we know what we're talking about, but the Taming Crazy podcast is for entertainment purposes only, so please consult with a qualified professional for any and all health advice. Thanks for listening. Bye.